Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And welcome to Secure the Insecure. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seafoot, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. This week is a trained dancer starring in Love Strike High, which you can watch on Prime Video now. The show follows young English professionals going to an American school to find love with the aim of winning $100,000 as prom royalty. Now, with a school setting, including a head teacher, the school prom, camping away days, this is the perfect show if you want to think about your school crush again. And so I've got the standout star from this series, the standout star who's now an Amazon star. I'm delighted to welcome to Security and Secure. Megan Vale. Hello, Megan. Hello, Johnny. How are you? All the better for seeing you. Oh, that's lovely, isn't I've it? I've loved Love Shot Club. I've been watching it all week. Eight episodes. Every day I've been watching it. Absolutely love it. It was an experience. Oh, and I'm bet. glad you enjoyed it because there's obviously so many things that I kind of think how people are going to perceive the show. And it's really nice to get the positive feedback because I feel like everybody on the show deserves it because it's a great show. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's on Prime Video. Love Shot High, video. eight episodes. But the, the, the thing with you is that you went on the journey, and that's what I like about mm-hmm. you in particular. And when you look at everyone, you know, the 15 stars of the show, you were the only one that really actually had that journey. And I think journeys are important with reality TV. 100%, 100%. My journey was an emotional roller coaster, that's for sure. Obviously, I went into the school being who I am and... Nobody really liked me, <laughs> and that's okay. You know, I'm not here to be liked by absolutely everyone. Um, but then people got to know me before, you know, people made a judgment of me and talked between each other and was like, oh, Megan's, Megan's a bitch. Megan's not a very nice person, or she's got this face and she doesn't really involve herself with us. But that's because I, I like to keep myself to myself sometimes. And then once people actually made the effort and got to know me, you know, because even though I could have gone out there and made an effort, when you kind of sense that people don't necessarily like you, you're not going to put yourself in that situation. And so, like I say, when people did get the chance to get to know me, they're like, oh my God, you're actually really nice. I think there was a time where Yaz, she said, do you know what? You're actually really dorky and I love that about you. And I was like, yeah, well, I know I am, but you didn't get the chance to get to know me. But, you know, we made this friendship afterwards. I made up with people who I'd kind of had issues with on the show. And everything was fine. So... Well, the difference is, unlike other reality shows like Love Island or Too Hot to Handle, this is a dating show, but it's a very inclusive show. A hundred percent. So there's a lot of different personalities going on. And so when you think of school, or you think of an environment, or even if you do take a show like Love Island, there is a diversity aspect to those shows. You know, you've got the different corners of the school. And so cliques will stay with their cliques. Mm. And so the kind of difference with you is that you were kind of one side of the spectrum and Mm. everyone else was on the other side. Whereas normally everyone is kind of... Do do you know what I mean when it comes to cliques? That you were kind of one of the only straight people on the show. Yeah. And everyone else Well, I wasn't. was. I think I was the only straight white girl on the show. Right. And so that naturally think, categorically yeah. puts you in one box, but normally that box would be more than what it was. Yeah, 100%. And so naturally, they're going to all get on, but you're not, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, and funnily enough, um, I, I don't think it was actually shown on the show, but I, uh, Shantae kind of had this perception of me. She was like, oh, she's just a white girl like this, like that. And, but she didn't actually know that like, I've, I've lived in Edmonton and obviously she's from there. And she was like, oh my God, so you, you understand us black girls? So I was like, yeah, like, but obviously because she thought I was just a white girl from the farmland in the middle of nowhere, she thought that I hadn't had black friends or anything like that. And so it was nice once everybody got to know me and kind of found out a little bit more of my life and what I've been through. And then that's when we kind of, I kind of gelled and was able to form those friendships with everybody else. And it was being given that chance because it, it took halfway through the series to yeah. when you're on the camping trip for everything to really change, didn't it? Yeah, and I feel like that was maybe because obviously there was Janaid, Shantae and Yaz who were almost like the little trio. Um, and then with Camp Crush, Yaz was separated from those two. And I feel like because we had the sort of one-on-one time together, that was an opportunity for me to show Yaz who I really am and it made Yaz realise you know she's not this person that Janaid has kind of been saying that she is and she obviously formed her own opinions before I'm not saying that she was swayed by how Janaid thought of me but it definitely had something to do with it because when you are around a group of people you're you kind of have your friends back and you if my friend doesn't like someone Nine times out of ten, I'm not really going to like them. But that would... I make my own judgments of people, but a lot of my friends kind of only dislike somebody if they've wronged them. And so if somebody has wronged my friend, then I'm going to be, you know, not their biggest fan. Um, But I hadn't necessarily wronged their friend, Junaid. You know, if you haven't watched the show, watch it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But because it's such an intense environment and you're kind of just fully immersed in this school setting and what happens in school you form cliques you form opinions of each other you judge people too quickly it's a time to learn it's a place to learn and I feel like that's what a lot of us went through we kind of went on this learning journey of don't judge a book by its cover and you know that even happened with Jeffrey and Jodie when he assumed her sexuality you know it's a massive learning process and <laughs> it was crazy it was really weird watching it back to be honest because just reliving it because it was filmed like almost a year ago now I can't remember what happened or what was said and just to sit back down and watch it and kind of relive it and feel those emotions again it was it, I got emotional watching it because it was putting myself back in how when when I was there, I'd, it was uncomfortable at times and it was uncomfortable for me watching it. Like, oh, is that really what happened? It just made me cringe and I even got a little bit emotional, but yeah. <laughs> was it weird watching it in hindsight? Yeah, I just, I have nothing else to say other than it was just weird. Really, it was just weird. Because there are certain things you'd have probably wanted to change by actions, but also, so Junaid, you brought up. Yeah. You had an argument mm-hmm. and it basically went that he said you had a face like a slap to ask, and then you said, well, something about Botox and fillers and what." Well, I never said anything about fillers. Um, I think what had been said is he said that I've got a face like a slap to ask. I walk around the school like my shit don't stink, this, that and the other. And he said, it doesn't hurt to smile. And I said, no, of course not. Um, he was like, I can smile, but that's about as much as my face can give you. And so I said, because of all the Botox. Nothing about fillers. And I was kind of just stating a fact. And when somebody's when somebody's coming at you the way that he was coming at me, there is only so much shit that I can take before I do snap. And I feel like I'd handled myself quite respectably. I was keeping my cool, keeping my calm, and he was going and going and going. And I, be- I believe that that's because I wasn't giving back what he was giving out until, obviously, I just blew. And, well, I don't even think I blew. I just snapped and... I gave I gave one little quip back and then it was all of a sudden, oh, she's attacking my appearance, she's attacking my appearance, when really, you're saying I've got a face like a slap to ask, you kind of attacked my appearance first. But, but also, that's one of those moments that kind of stand out from the whole eight episodes, mm. purely because from a reality TV point of view, we need the drama, you need yeah. the softness, you need the love, you need the lovey, coupley, comfy bits, but you also, you need those moments that are going to change the storylines, that are going to yeah. change their characters. For me, that was the moment that changed the show. How did you feel being in the moment, but then also watching it back in hindsight to go, that was the moment? In the moment, it was... I did kind of just want the world to swallow me up a little bit. And I do kind of put on this brave face all the time. But I believe that that's something that I've learnt 
to do from being in the dance industry because it's such a catty industry as it is. You know, nobody, I feel like a lot of people are out to get you in this industry. And I feel like that was what was happening whilst I was in that cafeteria and I had that argument with Sinead. I feel he was out to get me. He was there to make me cry. He wanted to hurt me. And I kind of have this defense mechanism where I'm like, do you know what? I'm not gonna allow you to make me feel like that because I'm stronger than that. I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. Um, as horrible as I actually felt on the inside, I just didn't let it show. I think I even said to Dan, I was like, why are you so bothered? Like, I don't even care. When I did care, obviously, you know, someone's just gone in on me. And so it was shit. But because of what I've been through with, you know, God, things that have happened in my past, my family, this, that and the other. I was like, I'm not going to allow you to make me feel a certain way. And I'm not going to show that because, and it's not a weakness. It's, it's not a sign of weakness, but I feel like showing emotion sometimes can be a sign of weakness because if I had started crying in that cafeteria, in his eyes, he would have won and I didn't want him to win. Let's peel that layer back a bit more. And, this is, why I lo- and <laughs> this is why I love the podcast because on the show, we see one thing and it's mm. edited and look, we all know this and we say it so often, but you get 45 minutes, 24 hours a day, yeah, blah, blah, 15 edited characters. edited how they want it to be shown. And there's the a storyline, but you're right. There are certain things that, are triggers from before and we saw it again on the camping trip because the camping trip for me is sentimental to you mm-hmm. that yeah, episode four and five is fine <laughs> because you showed vulnerability for the first yeah. time and also it was the first time everyone else got to understand you and until yeah. everyone else understands you they won't know where you came from so mm-hmm. let's go back to where you came from let's talk about this world of dancers now we talk about the modeling industry a lot mm-hmm. and the pressures they're put on when it comes to their yeah. weight their body image what were the pressures you had as a dancer uh, keeping my weight down (laughs) there was a lot of pressures it's your appearance constantly we had makeup lessons because we had to have the right face on at all times we had to wake up god knows what time i'd get the train into college and then i was in the ballet studio at eight o'clock in the morning and i'm talking full face of makeup red lipstick eyelashes hair scraped back into a perfect bun and if it wasn't a perfect bun you wasn't allowed to do the class if you didn't look the part you wasn't allowed to participate even throughout the day I'd be sweating I'd be doing ballet tap jazz contemporary all of these different types of dance I was right there from eight o'clock in the morning to six o'clock at night so that's a long day of full-on dancing no stop like you get a lunch break but then you, you don't want to eat on your lunch because you don't want to put on weight and you don't want to be heavy because you need know, to dance you, after so you don't want to have a whole, whole jack potato or whatever because you're going to be stodgy. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I didn't limit myself too much. I didn't restrict myself too much because I knew that I needed the energy to get through the day. And so it was it was really hard. It was kind of a case of eating the right things that would give me the energy, but also making sure that I'm going to be working hard enough to burn them off throughout the day if I wasn't sweating enough my teachers would have a go at me because I wasn't sweating enough and that meant I wasn't working hard enough when really I was just so young and my body wasn't you know I feel like I mean I definitely have is the older I've got the more sweatier I've got and I was so young when I started I was like I went into full-time training when I was 16 so I'd finished my GCSEs most people in my year had either gone to sixth form or university i was one out of three people in my year who went straight from their GCSE. so i was young and i you know had to mature to be with these people who are older than me who were better than me i had to compete and i kind of had this competitive nature within me and i was like i've got to be the best and i've got to do well otherwise i'm not going to get seen and i'm not going to get jobs i've got to look perfect i've got to dance perfect everything has got to be perfect and to make matters worse you're surrounded by mirrors every day you walk into that studio and there's just mirrors everywhere so you have nothing to do other than just to stare at yourself in the mirror and judge yourself I had my ears pinned back when I was 16 because I used to have my hair up in a ballet bun all the time and I had this complex that everyone was looking at me because my ears were sticking out in the dance studio when let's be honest nobody probably cared but I kind of 
got that into my head that everyone was staring at me because my ear sticked out a little bit and they weren't even that bad it was just this my right one that stuck out a tiny bit but because they had to pin that one back they had to do the other one as well and you know I've got these horrible scar tissues on the back of my ear now it's really painful when I wear like sunglasses on my head or anything like the masks when it was covid like they would rub on my scar tissue all the time and I don't fear think if I wasn't surrounded by mirrors every day and these perfect beautiful women I probably wouldn't have felt the need to have my ears pinned back even like lockdown last year I know it's a kind of different subject but social media I'd put down a deposit to have a boob job because I was scrolling on Instagram all day every day and looking at these perfect women and this and that thinking what can I do to look like that I'm gonna I'm gonna get my boobs done and then I kind of talked myself out of it and I was like, you know, like, I just want to try and be my most authentic version of me. But, you know, I I literally, I mean, I put a £500 deposit down for this thing that I felt would change me and give me satisfaction when really it doesn't. It's the same as materialistic items. You can buy things and they make you happy for a second, but then you're always thinking, what can I do next? What's next? What's going to make me feel better? And really you just need to learn to accept yourself and live in the moment and enjoy who you are now. Because you're, I've always got, of course, you, you need to have goals that you want to work towards. But materialistic and, you know, things about your image, I just feel like you just need to be comfortable in who you are as you're never going to truly be happy. Oh, because you're always going to want more. You're you know, you look at someone like Katie Price, how many boob jobs she's had. Yeah. And that's sad. And I, I think it's, it's quite sad that she feels the need to constantly change her image to kind of fit in because she's probably got a lot of issues deep down it's it's just yeah it's just really sad because I think of like my my little cousin she's just turned 10 and she absolutely idolizes me she she's just obsessed with me she loves dancing she just loves musicals so we've got like that thing to bond over and I I see her on TikTok or I see her on Instagram and she's like I want to look like this and it's like well that's not real and that that upsets me because that's the world growing up is hard enough as it is growing up is hard enough as it is going through school and having the clicks and fitting in and finding where you fit in, let alone seeing all these images of people who you feel like are perfect and having to look like them. And it's like those face app. Have you heard of face app, that editing thing where you can literally click one button and it completely changes your face. And I don't edit my photos like that. Of course, I'd put like a little, like a colour filter on or something like that. Or if I've got like a, a blemish or I'll give it a little smooth over. But editing your body and changing your facial structure on these apps i just don't think it's healthy i really don't think it's healthy for anyone i completely agree with you that breast enlargement you're going to go and do Mm. how did you change your mindset to love your body in that moment and to look at yourself in the mirror and go do you know what i'm okay i don't need to spend this money i think for me it's something that i had been thinking about for a little while so when i was into my like full-time dance training I didn't have any boobs because when you're training how I was you automatically lose a lot of body fat and because I was actually building muscle in other areas surrounding my breasts they kind of didn't grow how they would have done if I wasn't doing the dance training and so when I did because I had um I tore my ACL and my meniscus so I had to have my knee reconstructed which meant I had X amount of time out of dancing. And in that period, my boobs did grow. And it was a bit like, okay, well, I've got something there now. I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable in myself. But it just wasn't enough for me. It wasn't enough. And so, like I said, I went in, I paid this deposit. And then I think I kind of had a few conversations. I'm really, really close with my mum and dad. I have the best relationship with them i'm really lucky they're still together and i tell them absolutely anything there are no secrets i think as as soon as i lost my virginity like i told my mum straight away i was like mum i've got something to tell you she's like what i was like i'm not a virgin anymore and she went instead of being like did you use protection she was like oh so how was it did it hurt (laughs) that's the sort of relationship that i've got with my mum like we're just so open i kind of sat down with her and was like you know i'm I'm thinking about having a boob job she's like well obviously it is your decision at the end of the day but you are perfect and you don't need to change who you are just because... And I think there was a, there was other factors to it. You know, I, I was in a relationship with somebody who kind of told me that they thought that I should have a boob job. And so that kind of led to it as well. And then obviously when we split up, I was like, why on earth was I even thinking about going through 
surgery to change my appearance for you. If you are with me, you know who I am. You should accept my appearance and I shouldn't feel the need to change it for you. Because at the end of the day, I should be... If I do want to do anything for my body, it should be for myself, not for anyone else. And it kind of wasn't that. This is the thing when it comes to body image and the fact of social media now is that it's all about having that look and you talk about filters. But there's a way, especially with girls, more so than boys, but on Instagram, for example, it's all about the pose. You know, mm. I see so, my sister, who's a lot younger, always does this pose where she starts. I don't know what you call it, but, you know, her chest is like that and then her legs are open on the bottom. Do you know uh, what I mean? What, like kind of sticking out the chest and legs open and kind of hips tilted That's back. That's it. Yeah. And there's all these poses and it's like everyone's chasing the likes and we've kind of got over it because Instagram now says, well, you can now hide the hide like it. count. Yeah. But I still think instinctively we're thinking, how do I get the most Instagram likes? How do I do it? And it's not even for anyone else. It's for yourself because if you hide your like count, you still see as the user your likes. The but audience I also, does that, but you when do. I see that somebody's hiding their like counts, I'm like, well, you're obviously not happy with the likes that you're getting. Mm. That's my opinion of it. You know, I've got posts that have got thousands of likes and then I've got others which have like 300 likes. But all of you can still see all of my likes because just because somebody doesn't like it, they're still viewing it on my story. And that isn't it crazy? The amount of people who view your story compared to the amount of likes that you get on your post because people are always watching you. They might not necessarily like you, but they're always watching you. Well, what I also like is, <laughs> I saw a meme about this the other day, is if you if someone looks at you, and you wouldn't do this because obviously the people who are looking at you are fans, but if I see someone I know looking at my story straight away, I'm like instinctively stalking them on every social media platform. Are we best friends? Do, you, do I, Is it a girl? Do they fancy me? I mean, uh, you to know, be fair, I used, I used to do that. I definitely used to yeah, do that. Yeah, so I'd, you grew I'd, up I'd, and I didn't. I, I, I'd go through my um, my views on my story and be like, why are they there? Why are they there? What are they looking at? It was when, um, you know, when you could see how many people had sent your posts to other people. Mm. I that... Of a Snapchat screenshot back in the day. You oh, could see who screenshots oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, you couldn't, on Instagram, you couldn't actually see who'd sent the photo to somebody else, but you could see the amount of people who'd sent that to someone else. And that really used to make me feel quite anxious, actually. I'd be like, why are people sending this? What, what are people saying about me? What, like, you know? And half the time, it was it was probably quite nice things. But then... There's always that 1%, isn't there? Well, see, that 1%, if I know who, if I know they exist, but they don't know me and I've looked at my Instagram story, they get blocked. My block list on Instagram is so big because I'm so insecure about who's checking me. Mm. What are they saying? Who are they saying yeah. it to? Why are they well, laughing at me? I feel like, you know, I've had a few people blocked and it's even like the, the word filters that you can do. I've blocked so many words off my Instagram. And so it will come through like if somebody messages me with one of my restricted words it will come through into my message request but it will actually say this message is hidden because of your word preference yeah but then you go and look at that because you want to know what it is so no, that no, doesn't so actually true. help anything but but it kind of prepares you i feel like so it makes me feel worse oh it makes no it, worse. It, make, it, it kind of prepares me and i'm actually quite good at not looking too much into it because i know that it will affect me but you must have become really resilient because of the dancing industry and your identity and the fact that you've I've got... Always, I've always had people say shit about me, just to put it plainly. I've always had people talking about me. God, even to this day, I've I've got two really good friends who I'm close with at school. Shout out to Stephen and Shara, my best friends. Um, <laughs> and even now, like people come up to them and like, so what's Megan doing? And they're like, well, if you want to know, first of all, you can look on her Instagram. Second of all, we're not going to tell you. Ask her yourself. You know, people have always kind of trying to know what I'm doing or whatever. But yeah, these were the ones who were saying, God knows what about me in school. Oh, she's a dancer. She's blah, blah, blah. She's a show off. I'm like, well, do you know what? My parents haven't played God knows how much for me to go into my dance training and, you know, not show off because that is part of the industry is showing off, showing what you can do and proving that you are good enough. So... Have you always been a show off, even um, as a kid? I've been, I've always been very confident, a hundred percent. Where'd that confidence come from? I think, I think my mum, my mum definitely. Um, my mum, she always says, "I'm, I'm like mum, like you either love me or you hate me." Because, first of all, she's a northerner, so she's very outspoken, <laughs> and she just put my well, here's an image. She's got bright red hair, bright red hair, like post box red hair, and she's had that for as long as I can remember now. And she just speaks her mind. She speaks her mind whether she is right or wrong. 
Um, and of course, you know, if she is wrong, she'll, you know, sit there and think about it. But I feel like because she's she's so confident with how she kind of speaks to people, that's kind of rubbed off on me. And I think also... I. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Lived in New Zealand for a bit when I was younger and so I've been well traveled as a child and I've had to I've been put into different situations and I've had to adapt and I've had to meet new people and make new friends and that's kind of just I guess molded me into who I am and you know there was another point in my life um I was only six but I still remember it so well it was 2002 it was like the worst year for my family because my sister had meningitis she had meningococcal septicemia which are the worst two types that you can get um and she was putting into a juice coma intensive care for like two weeks she was only two so that was you know a bit of a shit time and I was spending a lot of time in hospital because my mum and dad were living you know like the houses that they have at the hospital my parents had to live in that um and then later on that year my dad is a lorry driver and he had a really really bad accident and he basically his trailer fell into a ditch and the cab overturned and truckers always have their arms out of the window and it kind of sunk into this mud so he had to be airlifted out of um the, it, they had to cut him out and it took him took them two hours to cut him out he had to be airlifted and obviously he was taken to hospital he only broke his arm and his leg but the nerve damage was so severe that he was told that he would never walk or work again and so that was a whole year of my life really because my sister fell ill on the father's day and then my dad had his accident in the october i believe um so that was like a whole year plus more because it went into the next year when my dad was in hospital where i spent the majority of my time in hospital kind of like on the sidelines because you know as a child you want the attention right you want to be seen and you want to be heard and you kind of crave your the attention from your parents and like look what i'm doing look at this look at that and i kind of didn't have that in that time frame because it was all focusing on my sister who was in a 
you know, in a buggy or a pram and she'd just come out of hospital, she managed to pull through or my dad was in a wheelchair. And so my mum, bless her heart, was pushing my dad in the wheelchair one side and then had my sister in the pram, you know, eventually he got an electric scooter so my sister could be, put, my mum could push her in the pram. And so I was just kind of there like, hi, hi. And I don't know, maybe that had a part to do with how I am now and how I'm like, okay, I'm really overly confident and people kind of have this perception of me because I didn't necessarily get that when I was younger, if that makes sense. And that's the beauty of a podcast, of peeling off the layers to find yeah. out where you are the way you are. Because yeah. you're right. There'll be certain triggers, certain moments in mm. your life, and it always stems from childhood, that shape 100%. you and mould you. And again, this is something that we would have never found out on the show. No, for of course not. But also, now there's so many conversations to be had because the love you had was almost more one way at that time. When you're really at six, seven years old and you're really understanding the world, you were giving more love to your mum and dad than you were probably receiving mm. because of other factors. Yeah. So as you then go up... And I mean, that, they always love me. They always know, love you. But they're probably not. listening to this thinking, oh my God, what a bitch, why is she saying that? No, I love but, your mum and dad. <laughs> no, but it's, it, it's nothing to be ba- ashamed of. It's nothing bad. Yeah. It's just the way of life is yeah, in that 100%. moment. Well, it's moulded me into the person I am So today. how did that affect you and relationships in school then? Friendships, boyfriends, as you grew up? So were you more needy because you hadn't had that and you knew that yeah, there was this notion you needed I, you know it to have. I think so. Um friendships in school, primary school, I so how old what year am I in year six that's when I'm six years old? Probably like year two, maybe? Something like that, yeah. Year two, because I was the oldest in my year as well, because I'm born on the second of September. So I was automatically the oldest. Um and I had a really good friend group in primary school, but then I obviously moved to New Zealand in year six. And so I kind of lost contact with my friends. But because I was moving, my mum actually set me up a Facebook account. Um, but all of my other friends' parents wouldn't let them have one because obviously we were very young. I was going to say, legally, you can't join Facebook at the age of 12 years old. So your mum managed your account. You just my mum, yeah, my mum. Um, for legal reasons. For legal reasons, my mum managed my Facebook account, you know. <laughs> um. And then I think I stayed in contact with like one girl from from my school, um, but I kind of lost contact with my other friends who I was closer with. And then when I did eventually come back, they kind of, well, I found out that one of them wasn't going to be going to the same secondary school as I was. Um, and then when we did eventually move up to college, my other friend was a bit like, well, I haven't seen you in god knows how many months and i you know and so i built this relationship again with this girl who i was talking to on facebook and we became like best friends but then when we moved up to college because there were so many more other people and this is going to like the needy part she was kind of befriending this person and this person and i didn't necessarily feel like i'd fit in with that group and so I again kind of felt like I was on the outside and didn't get along with them just I don't know why I don't know why but I just I was young and I just didn't feel welcomed into their group so I kind of I was still friends with her but I wasn't as close with her as I thought that we were going to be until I met Stevie and Shara. Stevie, Shara was already in my school, but we weren't as close in that first year. And then Stevie moved from Wales to, um, well, Ely, let's say. Um, and she, me and her became like really good friends. And then Shara, we just, I think we've been friends for like over 10 years now. And it's like, well, it was too long. I think we're like we can't get rid of each other now like you are stuck with me now whether you like it or not um and we've just been through so much together like first boyfriends first heartbreaks and that's kind of bonded us and made us i feel like that's why and there's just no bullshit with us if we don't like something we're not going to go and say it to somebody else and bitch about it like we are the sort of friendship we we will say it to each other's faces like if we've got a problem we'll say it and you know the other person might be a little bit offended or her to begin with but then you kind of take a step back and you think oh do you know what like you you had a point fair play I'm sorry 
But you had to change your identity many times. You know, your identity in England, mm. then your identity obviously with what New happened Zealand, with your dad and your sister, your identity oh, yeah. with New Zealand, yeah. your identity coming back here. Coming back and then going to dance school and being surrounded by people who are older than me and having to grow up. You know, I just left, I've just done my GCSEs. I'm not an adult, you know, but I'm around people who are adults. And so I had to, I had to grow up and, you know, being a young person going because was, I was only at dance school for three years and, you know, that's not a long time. It felt like ages when I was there, but three years in the grand scheme of things is not a long time if you're being completely honest. And also honest. you're on the same level, so you've all got to stick out. Yeah. You've got to make yourself known and I was and young and they, you know, they had a couple of years on me mm. and so I needed to make sure that I hid those couple of years that they had on me. Otherwise I wouldn't have booked the jobs. And that was scary and, I, you know, it was quite competitive and, I wanted to be shown and I feel like that's kind of it really did bring out my competitive side of me when I went to dance school because I was like you know I haven't had this attention and I'm gonna get it now did you get to the top yeah and what was that top for you um so I for me was jazz was my favorite I absolutely love jazz it's all about being flexible and big jumps and this and that and I just feel like it's a really classy way of being sexy like Bob Fosse I just absolutely love anything like that if you don't know who bob fossey is it's like chicago the musical things like that and i was always told i'd never be in chicago because i wasn't tall enough but i didn't let that stop me from really embodying that style of dance because i just loved it i felt my most confident when doing jazz and it showed i was always one of the highest achievers in the jazz and when I graduated I was actually awarded the jazz dancer of the year and that was just such an achievement for me because it proved not just to me but to my family as well that you know it was worth it like this was worth it for me because I've I've got this award and unfortunately just before I did graduate I did that's when I done my um my ACL it was our agent showcase actually which was really again shit you know do your agent showcase and that's when all the agents come in and they they try and book you and this and that and so I we were doing bring it on the musical and that's a cheerleading one and I absolutely love bring it on as well and I because I'm quite short and really flexible I was the one being thrown up in the air doing this doing that going crazy and it was like the best thing like absolutely in my element and we were doing the last dress run the night before the show and I'd done a jump and I'd done a pike jump but I was preempting the next move so instead of instead of landing on two legs I landed on the one and my knee just completely gave way and I've never like I've gone wrong on stage before I've had a boob fall out on stage I've had this that happen but I'd never let anything stop me I remember just looking out into the auditorium shaking my head pointing into the wings and just hopping off and I was hyperventilating I was in so much pain and it was like something from a movie like the music cut the lights cut and like the choreographers like ran down the auditorium onto the into the wings and there was me like like hyperventilating I was like what have I done what have I and obviously very dramatic going to a drama school for one but it was a traumatic experience because I was like oh my god what's happened like this has never happened before I've fallen over but I've always just got back up and carried on. Like I could not put any weight on my leg and it was so scary because I just, you know, I was like, this is it, this is it, this is the end of my career. I went to physio and they said that I was being dramatic. They said that, you know, it's it's nothing, you just sprained yourself or whatever. But, you know, when undiagnosed for like a couple of years, I went on a contract and was making it worse. Oh, but in regards to the agent, this is another thing where example is how catty the industry can be. So obviously that was our agent showcase, right? And I couldn't perform in it. But we also had like an agent day where agents came in and watched us do classes and things like that. Anyway, because I was injured, I took it upon myself to not attend the agent day. I thought I don't want to attempt some moves when I can't show them my full potential. I'm not at my best right now. I don't want to show them me when I'm not at my you know my best which I think is understandable so I stayed at home that day and the faculty were aware of that and then when I came in the next day I uh, one of my teachers was like Megan where were you yesterday and I was like oh I, I didn't come in like I thought everybody was aware of that 
and they were like oh this agent and this was an agent who i invited to the showcase uh the show which obviously i couldn't perform um he had apparently asked another one of the students to say can you text megan and tell her to come in because we want to hear her sing we don't care about her dancing we know that she's got and you know we know that she can dance we know that she'll pull through this industry and sorry this injury and she'll pull through um but we want to hear her sing and that person never texted me i never got the message so they kind of sabotaged my opportunity of being signed and represented by the agent that i actually wanted to be with wow how did you find this out um one of the other girls told me and that agency did you ever approach them again and say look hands up i had no idea about this no i was too embarrassed i was too embarrassed because that person obviously would have been like yeah yeah yeah, quite of, of course but then how was that agent to know like it was it was my word against hers wasn't it so you put yourself in this type of industry yeah. and then you become a reality star mm. where it's even probably worse than yeah, that. Yeah, or I don't know about that. <laughs> because Love Struck High on Prime Video now, which you can watch, that's one show, but yeah. it's a brand new show. It's a brand mm. new format. You've got the Towies and the Chelsea's and the Love Islands. Yeah. They're very established and they know their place in the reality world mm-hmm. and they know who to trust, who to not trust, who's the big dog of the, you know, the reality world. Now that you're coming into the world, Mm -hmm. how are you finding that? Because after everything you've just been through with the dancing industry, coming into the reality world industry, you've got your guard up more than, let's say, other people who had no idea about this. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent I've got my guard up. But I feel like that's a positive. I'm not going to kind of let it consume my thoughts and my feelings about going into the industry. At the end of the day, I feel like I've got more experience then some other people who are on the show with me and I can just go ahead and go with it and go with the flow and you learn along the way you're always learning people aren't always don't always have your best interests at heart at the end of the day and I'm fully aware of that but it is is definitely quite nerve-wracking at the same time 100% you know I've even before the show aired I was like do I even want this you what know. made you want it? Because how did you, how, cause it's a brand new format. How did you actually get involved in the show? So I was actually contacted by the casting team and they invited me to apply. And so I applied like the rest of every, the cast did. I was actually the first ever person that they casted. I was the first ever person that they spoke to. But the were you like, oh, I fancy reality world. Oh, I don't mind this taking my fancy. Were you like, I actually want to get in this world. I would have applied for Love Island or Celebs Go Dating. I, I or... had been contacted for the Winter Love Island. The 2019 one. where one. the twins were on it. So I yeah. actually know the twins because they're from Cambridge. So I feel that's like that's Jess and Eva Gale. Jess and Eve, yeah. So I feel like that's why I didn't get that because they try and do it so you don't know people on there. Right. Um, would you have gone on Love Island? Um, I think this was a few years ago. So I think back then, yeah, because I'd just come out of a relationship with somebody who cheated on me and I had a mortgage with him. So I was like, yeah, let's go. Like, I'm single. I'm ready to go. Um, And then I actually was really close to another show on Netflix. Too Hot to Handle? Yeah, well, I actually didn't know it was Too Hot to Handle. It was the Parties in Paradise one. And I genuinely had no idea that it was Too Hot to Handle until I watched Too Hot to Handle, obviously not getting that show. And them saying, oh, they think it's parties in paradise. And I was like, what? Like, no way. Had no idea. No idea. Um, And it was actually the same casting team who worked with Too Hot um, for Love Struck as well. So I think they contacted me and they were like, we don't know why you didn't get that. Did you want to do this one? And I was like, do you know what? Yeah. And I'm kind of glad I didn't get Too Hot because I don't actually feel like that's a show that I want to do. Um. And I genuinely had no idea that it was going to be too hot to handle. And so when I kind of heard how this show was, and obviously with it being so inclusive, and with one of the good things about the performing arts industry is that you get people from all walks of life in it. And, you know, different religions, sexualities, just that there's just so many different people in there. And when I was approached for Love Struck, and I was told about the inclusivity of the show, I was like, I definitely want to be a part of this because I feel like that that is something to talk about and to be proud of. And, you know, there there are these sort of people in the world, as many people, you know, 
as much as people want to believe that there isn't and people have a problem with you know people being gay and things like that which is so fucking wrong by the way if you're one of those people sort your life out um i just like i want to be a part of that and i want to celebrate it so i yeah it just drew me in 100 percent. and i think also with it being like an american high school obviously one of my favorite musicals as i've already said is bring it on and that was pretty cool i want to just live out my cheerleader fantasies for a couple of days <laughs> feel right wouldn't it <laughs> so in the career spectrum yeah. you've had the dancing yeah you go and do reality tv series on prime video mm. where do you then go with it because you've had the conversation with love island you've had the conversation with you're not going to get on those but obviously you've now got the towies the celebs go dating the main in chelsea's x on the beach where's next i don't you? think i want to do reality television anymore to be completely honest with you but you're just starting out so you've got twenty three thousand followers on instagram at the moment where are you at? Because you like, I need to raise that following. I, I need to get on the next. Because most people come and see me and they go, right, done that show. I need to get on the next one now. More things in the pipeline. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm just one of these people like opportunities will come to me and I will see what happens in the moment. And if they're right for me there and then, because obviously I, I don't, I do have a boyfriend now. And so. Do we know your boyfriend? Yeah, his name's Sam Krask. He's in diversity. Oh my god, that's a thing. He's a dancer I'm like his biggest fan girl. He's on tour at the moment and I've just, I've seen it like eight times already. Well, those TikToks you two do together, brilliant. I know. I just use them for views. So <laughs> <laughs> how it is. Um, we're not even going to say anything more. Um, what's it like though, being part of the diversity entourage though? Because again, they're in that reality. Obviously they did Britain's Got Talent, but mm. they're very established now. They're taken seriously. Obviously they did the Black Lives Matter thing on Britain's yeah, Got Talent. Amazing. They did the Jubilee. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing mm-hmm. routine. They're very not in that reality world. Although Ashley kind of dabbles in it, and of course well, Jordan and Perry kind of do. But yeah, I guess it's where do you different though, isn't it? Because obviously Ashley very well established, and Jordan and Perry both are. They're both they're all presenters at mm. the end of the day, and so I wouldn't really class them as reality stars. I feel like no, I wouldn't either. They're not. They are not reality stars. Um, they, but you're kind of same in the same industry. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I'm definitely not on their level just yet. Oh. So what what are you going to do with your career next? Um, I think for me, I just actually want to, you know, how I was talking about like how I don't agree with filters and this and that. And I kind of just want to raise a lot of awareness about that and bring a real sort of side to Instagram. But I also am one of these people. It's all very well and good having an online presence, right? But you also need to actually live offline as well oh, i'd love to do that do you know what i mean i can't find a week every week i'm like right i'm gonna i'm gonna take a week no can't do that way i need to be posting that week but no that way i'm one of these people who wake up and go on their phone straight away uh, uh half an hour i'll wait mm. basically no you need to wait longer it's for that. work purposes you get it it's for work i mean no, when i was on holiday I no i literally wake up in the morning don't don't go on my phone and I will get up. I'll have a cup of tea. Go to the toilet. Because it makes me go to the toilet. All right, can we not go to... Just keep it, I wake up. I don't, I don't need to know the, the other bit. I don't want to know if you do a Sam in the morning. Just get me to the bit where you Nothing tell me when you're moment. on the phone. He's been away for three months. but um... We want to know what happens when he comes back then. <laughs> um, so, no, I, I just... I have my cuppa and then give the dog his tablets and then I'll take him for a walk and then I go on my phone. Sometimes though, if he looks really cute, I will just put a little Instagram story up of him on the walk because I obviously have to take my phone to listen to my music. Obviously. But I won't go on socials as soon as I wake up because I actually feel so much better for doing that because straight away I was like, right, okay, I'm on my phone scrolling and then an hour has gone past and I'm still on the toilet scrolling. Oh, I'm so bad with that with TikTok. So bad. I fall down the TikTok hole. So yeah, I, I really need to limit myself and slowly but surely every week my screen time is going down i hate when i get that notification on a monday morning tells me yeah, my screen time is following it stresses me out right. a little bit and i'm like oh please be down please be down but... um talking of um in the internet uh obviously prime video is owned by amazon mm-hmm. so i just want to know as an amazon star as a prime video star what is it like being on amazon now do you get amazon prime <laughs> that rather than being 12 hours you get it in an hour Unfortunately, i actually get it not. as soon as you say it the drone drops no no and you know it's really funny there's no free subscriptions here or anything like that. And so I actually always cancel my free subscription. You know, you get the 30-day trial for Prime or whatever it was. Right. I always cancel it because then they always let you renew it. <laughs> or you put up a new email address. 
No, don't, same don't one. That. No, same one. Ooh. Same one. Yeah. What about your Prime Video subscription? My Prime Video subscription. I used Sam's. I For legal purposes, they live together and therefore it's okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um. Yeah. I don't. I don't even have my own. <laughs> But now, so when you. But, but actually, there was an event, right? There was an event that they put on for Prime Video, um, our show, and a couple other shows where they did hand out some goodie bags. They got like uh, an Alexa dot or something, kind of free subscription. But I didn't get given one of those bags. So if I could please have one of those, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Let's put this all together. Megan Vale, you're on Love Shot Kai on Prime Video. Why should people be watching it? You should definitely be watching it because there is a lot of drama. Everyone loves a bit of drama. There's a good storyline. Not everyone's got a storyline, but I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you can watch my storyline. Um, watch my journey. You're such a dancer. Me, 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 me. Watch me, 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 watch me, me, me. Yeah, it's the childhood trauma, isn't it? So, <laughs> um, And it's we've got gay people in it. So you don't really get that with many other reality shows. Megan Vale, you can see her on Love Struck High, now on Prime Video. Go and check it out. It's such a good series. It's a really, really, really nice week to watch a bit of reality TV, a bit of escapism. Obviously, you're watching Love Island in, in the evening, but have something in the afternoon. Have a bit more reality TV in the afternoon on Prime Video. You've been listening to Security and Insecure with me, Johnny. See so if you like what you had on Instagram, at Secure the Insecure Podcast is where you can find us. All previous 150 episodes are there, but all the teasers. And if you're listening on Spotify, give it a five-star rating. And on iTunes, give it a five-star rating and leave a review. It's really important. You help to say it's okay to not be okay i'm johnny seifert thank you so much for listening until next time thank you and goodbye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.